0: Hey guys, and welcome to the Money Podcast. Did you know that Social Security makes up at least 50% of the income for half couples 65 plus, and it's the only source of income for about 20% of retired Americans? Imagine being one of those recipients, then reading articles with titles like Social Security Trust Funds Now Projected to Run Out of Money Sooner Than Expected, or maybe Social Security Will Be Insolvent by 2033, or Social Security Could Be Insolvent Within Eight Years. These are all recent headlines. And if you depend on Social Security to survive, that's got to be scary stuff. But if you're worried about the viability of Social Security, here's something that might offer a little comfort. These same types of stories have been going around since I first became an investment advisor 40 years ago. Why do they periodically repeat? First, because there's some truth to them. Social Security does face funding challenges. But I suspect it's also at least partly because scary headlines tend to sell news stories. Still... Social security funding issues aren't imaginary, and changes will almost certainly have to occur if the system is going to remain viable. But what could those changes entail? More important, how could you best position yourself to maximize your monthly checks when your time comes? That's what this week's Money Podcast is all about. We're going to talk about how much trouble social security is in, likely changes that will occur, and most important, strategies you can use now to get the fattest possible checks when you retire. I'm your host, Stacey Johnson. As usual, my co-host will be financial journalist Miranda Markwit. Hello, Miranda.
1: Hello, Stacy.
0: Listening in and sometimes contributing is our producer and our novice investor, Aaron Freeman. Hey, Aaron. Hello. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing just peachy. How are you doing, Miranda?
1: I'm doing pretty. I'm pretty good. I mean, I'm in Austin. I'm at. Oh, you're, a, at, you're at
0: FinCon. I'm at it's FinCon. Convention.
1: Yeah, the meeting of the money nerds.
0: <laughs> I didn't make it this year. I'm still sitting here in Fort Lauderdale. But you know, this is a really good topic. Oh, before we start our topic, though, our usual disclaimer should you hear about investments on this podcast, you probably won't, but if you do, that doesn't mean that they're recommendations. You never invest based solely on anything we say on this podcast because we don't know your situation. You've got to form your own opinions, folks. You've got to make your own decisions. Okay? Now let's get back to the topic at hand. And this is a good one because as usual, we have the spectrum kind of covered. I'm one month away from being able to get Social Security. You guys are 20 years, 20 plus years away from getting Social Security. So you should be really concerned about this topic today. Is Social Security going to go away? Is it in trouble? No. So let me just ask you guys right off the top. I got a couple of 40-something-year-olds 40, 40 on the podcast <laughs> with me. So let me ask you guys off the top. Are you afraid that you will not get Social Security? Yes or no?
2: No. Uh, I am, but I'm going to
0: vote to tax the crap out of the you rich people. <laughs> Leave us alone. <laughs> <laughs> so for real, though, so are, are you, Aaron, afraid of not getting Social Security or that it won't be here when your time comes?
2: I, it's a concern. I don't know if it's a worry because I, I know that, you know, most of our politicians are are right there and making sure that it's going to stay put. At least I would hope they would want to create policies to make it stay put. It's quite important to keep the country running.
0: Yeah. And when you hear the statistics, I don't know if you're paying attention because you're busy producing, but more than half of people who are retired, 65 plus anyway, depend on Social Security for more than half their income. So if it went away, this and at 20% of people, it's their only income. So if this went away, it would be serious business. What about you, Miranda? Are you afraid it's not going to be there when your time comes?
1: Yeah, I'm not super afraid. I mean, I I feel like there might be some tweaks to the benefits. I may have to wait longer to get benefits or they might be smaller benefits. But at the same time, I'm also not relying on Social Security uh, too heavily in my own financial planning. So on a broader level, I am a little bit concerned about folks who might need to rely a little bit more heavily on Social Security. But on a personal level, I'm not super concerned, I guess.
2: (laughs) Well, before there was, before there was Social Security, I mean, uh, we had, a, had some very unhealthy conditions for our elderly back in the day. I mean, we, we kind of need it.
0: Yeah, there's no question. Well, you know, but you know, at the same time, though, Aaron, I would, I would uh, hasten to add that a lot of people feel like Social Security is going to be their retirement income. In other words, it's going to be adequate for their retirement, especially people y'all's age. I mean, maybe not you guys, because you're relatively sophisticated, but... So a lot of people your age might think, well, I'm going to have, I don't have to worry about anything. I don't have to save anything because I'll live on social security. But social security was not designed as a retirement income. It was designed to keep old people from starving to death. Right. So it was never meant to be you know, some cushy uh, check that you get every month so you don't have to do anything. Uh, How has it held up against inflation too? Yeah, it has not held up well against inflation. I, I'm, in fact, I'll, I'm going to mention something about that. But here's a couple of uh, just a couple of weeks ago, maybe even less than that, these articles did start coming out because of COVID. Less money was paid into Social Security, and now that has moved up the date where it's going to become insolvent. Now that sounds scary, and I think that date was it, it's either twenty th- yeah, twenty thirty four. I think. Um, so here's the deal: it's got about two point nine trillion dollars in their trust funds. Should be able to make full benefit payments until twenty thirty four. Now, this is 2021, so that's, what, 13 years from now? So you guys won't even be retired yet. Okay, thereafter, the revenue the program collects from workers and other sources will be sufficient to pay only 75 to 80% of benefits. So, and as I said, too, in the introduction, when I was a stockbroker 40 years ago, we would use this, not this specific information, but we would say, you know, you may not ever see Social Security. Of course, the reason we're doing this is because we're selling securities and we're trying to get people scared so that they invest more so this was a common line then, and it's a common line now so on the one hand, people shouldn't worry about their social security it being there because, as you said, Aaron, what politician is going to get rid of social security i mean they would they wouldn't just be voted out of office, they'd be killed oh, yeah, and it's a great
2: platform when you're you know running for office.
0: Yeah. No no, they I'm
2: gonna, I'm I'm going gonna, gonna to fix social security. Yeah, Yay, it's both for him. Yeah, everybody,
0: it, Well, you remember Bush wanted to privatize social security? Do you remember that? Um and th- that means letting basically making it into a 401k where you're putting your money aside and then you're investing it yourself, which I think we can all agree is a dumbass idea because, you know, people are going to lose their money gambling in the market or something and then they won't have any retirement income. So that that never has got, but but lots of there have been lots of proposals over the years to try to air quote fix Social Security, uh, or do other things to to make it more efficient. Stop having twenty year wars. Stop having twenty years wars would be a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> got a couple of libs on this podcast.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> and, and you know, I mean, it's one of the most reg- it's one of the most regressive taxes actually because of the cap on the amount of income. That your Social Security is taxed on. So, like, um, for instance, you're not taxed on your entire Social Security income, Stacey, because you make more than the cap.
0: Yes, the cap this year is 142800 which I did not know until I started researching this podcast. Last year, it was 137700 uh, so it's if you make over $142,800, you are not paying Social Security on the rest of that. And by the way, this is one of the proposals. We can start going into potential fixes now for Social Security, and this is one of them. Raising the ceiling on the income on which Social Security is, uh, is paid. So it's 142.8. And this is, by the way, guess what it was? I'm not giving you guys any hints here, but guess, guess what it was in 1981, which is when I became a stockbroker. Ooh. I don't know. It was it's twenty-nine thousand seven hundred dollars. So you can see, what? yeah. Well, I mean, remember though that in nineteen eighty one, a hundred and forty-two thousand was a hell of a lot of money. I mean, you know, so twenty-nine thousand seven hundred though is a really low cap. And you can see that, you know, if it's one hundred and forty two thousand now and it was twenty-nine seven then, you can see here's a, here's a potential uh solution for any shortfall in Social Security, right? Just tax more right. and, and in fact what you just mentioned, too, Miranda, if, if people who made more than $142,800, um, if, they, if, they ca- if they were taxed on all of their income, that would eliminate 85% of, of any shortfall over the next 75 years. So basically, that would solve the problem right there. If you, uh, it, but I, I mean, I'm not suggesting we do that because I make more than 142800 But <laughs> but it would be a solution.
1: But, yeah, I mean, you could raise the cap, and it, it, and it would do a lot to help out.
0: What is, the, what is the reason for that cap, I wonder? I mean, why isn't it? Because Medicare, you know, the, the Medicare tax you pay, which I believe is 4.5%, if I'm not mistaken, um, that's the, on all of your income. But Social Security isn't. I don't know why that is but i'm
1: I'm happy with that though i don't want it i don't want the cap <laughs>
0: well, okay I, I think a lot of uh, yeah
1: it's so it's actually the medicare is um not it, it's 1.5 percent for each end so that comes out to three percent is it really? pretty close pr- pretty close to you just check it out yeah uh, yeah i, I know, I know four and a half
0: cents way too much uh, is it just two percent
1: well it's 1.5 percent for the employer 1.5 for the employee so 2.9 percent total
0: yeah one point yeah okay you're right i'm seeing it now 2.9 as I'm self-employed, as are both of you, we're all paying the, the whole thing, 2.9. But anyway, yeah, that's not all pay you're paying anyway, no, anyway,
1: whatever. Yeah.
0: yeah. Now, another thing you can do, of course, is you can raise the payroll tax rate, which has also been done. So one solution is raise the cap. Another solution is raise the tax rate. The tax rate now is 12.4%, as I recall, 62 from the worker, 62 from their employers which again, in our case, is the same thing, since we're all self-employed. So we're paying 12.4%, but they could just as easily make it 15 if they wanted to. Uh, As a matter of fact, um, I read something this morning. To remain fully solvent over the next 75 years, payroll taxes would have to rise by 3.14 percentage points. In other words, make it 15.5%. That solves your solvency problem right there for the next 75 years. Oh, wow. And, and, they, and that rate has been raised over the years. I, I don't know. I don't know the history of it in front of me, but it has been raised. Uh, and so that's, some of these things are probably going to occur before you guys reach my age. Um, fix number three, potential fix number three, change the way the annual cost of living adjustments are calculated. So, in other words, right now, you know, this is interesting. Tell me if you guys knew this. Right now, the change to the cost of living adjustment, also known as COLA, Cost living adjustment happens every year for those on Social Security. That is now based on the Consumer Price Index. Probably knew that. But did you know that it was based on what's called the CPIW, the Consumer Price Index for Urban Wage Earners and Clerical Workers? Now, there is a Consumer Price Index for the elderly. It's called CPIE. So, isn't that interesting? They're, they're, what they use to change to, to give you a bump uh, for inflation is an Urban Wage Earner and Clerical Workers index when they actually so so what
2: is that is that just an average of everybody's income
0: well see amount of okay here's what they do to to compute to compute compute the uh, consumer price index they take a basket of goods and then they determine how much those goods have increased in price over the last year or months or whatever oh okay i see okay so now uh, but an urban wage earner they might gas is important to them clothing might be important to them right um Healthcare expenses, not so much. Now look at now. Imagine what's what's important for consu- the consumer price index for the elderly. Gas isn't Next. that important, but boy, healthcare certainly is. Right. And the okay. reason they haven't moved it to consumer price index for the elderly, one would cynically suggest, is because it would be hard. It the, the colas would be higher because healthcare has gone berserk, right? So they don't want to change it to health care or consumer price index for the elderly because that would be a bigger boost every year. but th- that has been uh, some some Congress people have been suggesting that for years to move it to consumer price index for the elderly. That has not happened yet. but anyway, they could change the way cost of living adjustments are calculated that would help. Uh, we're going to get a big boost next year because of all the inflation this year. Um, and then, oh now the last thing I think is the most viable. Tell me what you think. That's not the last thing. Number four, there's probably a couple more. Raise the full retirement age, which they have done, right? It used to be 65. I'm going to get my Social Security. Mine was uh, age 66 in two months, which is for me, is next month, October. So then I'll be eligible for Social Security. So they raised my, you know, I'm a baby boomer. So my age went up. My retirement age, full retirement age is what it's called. Went from 65 to 66 in two months. Y'all's, I think it's the worst, worst, worst one of all. you also also be 67. What do you mean it's the worst one of all? Just
2: raising that age so you, know, you have to wait longer to, to get your benefits. I think, I, it's know. The,
0: I think it's the most logical thing of all. Uh, I think it's an easy way out. Well, yeah, but let me tell you why. What was, you know what your life expectancy was as a man in year 1930? 58. Yeah, but I
2: also know my viability
0: as a worker as I get older. Yes. What you mean, you're saying that you might not be able to work. You might be right. too ill. Right. That's true. But maybe, remember, maybe living longer, but you're just living
2: longer, you know, as a worthless blob of meat.
0: Well, that may be true. And, and I highly resent you saying that because I'm 66. <laughs> <laughs> but, but 1930 life expectancy, 58 for men, 62 for women. And the retirement age then, 65. So most men died, before, or their average man anyway, died before they were even able, eligible for Social Security. And now you know what the life expectancy is for men? Age 74 and a half. For women, age 80. So you don't think it's fair to raise the the uh, retirement age a little bit? I don't know. I just
2: think that you've most people have worked hard over, their, over these decades, and they you know, you want to take some time off. And I think they'd prefer to take time off. Sooner
0: than later? Well, sure they everyone would prefer to. But you're talking about the viability of a program here that used to only have to keep people alive for two years and now it has to do it for twenty. What what say you, Miranda? Are you still awake over there?
1: Oh, you know. Just <laughs> just just letting you all just go on and on about the social security. I mean, I, I, I think I think the most important thing to do is say, okay, we do definitely want these safety nets, but what can we do to also get our own finances in order and our own retirement ready to go so that if the safety net changes or even disappears, you know, we're protected. That, I mean, that you know, that's really kind of where I'm at right now.
0: Just so everyone knows, Miranda, Miranda was out late last night singing karaoke at her convention, at the FENCON convention. So It's
1: true. I am kind <laughs> of tired.
0: <laughs> so I'm going to pick on you and make sure you're listening. Just like if you were like a kid in class, I'm like calling you all the time. Okay, now we've got one more, and then at least one more that I can think of. Fix for Social Security, uh, and it's been suggested before was investing Social Security in the stock market. I mentioned that a minute ago. That that was privatization, but investing Social Security in the stock market. Obviously, the stock market's done very well, but we all know the stock market can also go down. So, but this has been a suggestion to fix Social Security. I think it's a bad one. Um, and you had one too, didn't you, Aaron? Uh, fix number six. Yeah. Well, it involves immigration. So the Census Bureau projects that by 2030,
2: all baby boomers will be above. 65, and at that point, um, immigration will actually overtake the number of births as the main engine for population growth. And uh, because we have, you know, a lot less younger workers because uh, of of low uh, low birth, that's that's not as many workers paying into the system. Right. So the alternate to that would be to allow, and, and I guess uh, the majority of immigrate immigrants are young workers, and they right now they. They bring in about $9 billion worth of uh, payroll taxes annually. So to bring in more young immigrants into the system would also help keep that money flowing. I like that idea. Because they, they make up about 17% of the labor force. That's a lot.
0: It's, it is a lot. And I, I like the idea of bringing in more young people to uh, fill the coffers so that I get bigger checks. And also, um, I like the idea of stirring the melting pot. Let's bring some more people in. I like that idea. A lot of people don't these days, but I do. Okay, so now, Miranda, I'm going to ask you.
1: <laughs> oh, dear. You
0: <laughs> let, me, let, give me, me your,
1: let me perk back up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask you to give me your best guess as to which of these fixes or combination thereof is most likely to occur. I'll read it back to you real quick. Raising the payroll tax rate. Raising the ceiling on what Social Security taxes must be paid. Changing the annual cost of living adjustment changing the way that's computed, raising the full retirement age, investing Social Security in the stock market, or raising immigration caps so we get more young workers in our country? What do you think?
1: Um, I think the thing the most likely to get in most there, likely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's going to be raising the retirement age <laughs> or like... I, th- I think you're right. Well, I think, I mean... I think raising
0: the ceiling is definitely going to happen. I mean, it will actually, wait a minute. No, no, the ceiling, the ceiling is automatically adjusted to inflation. Right, yeah, that's automatically adjusted inflation.
1: I mean, what they need to do is make it a higher ceiling relative to inflation. I mean, they just need to make a higher ceiling relative to what you make in general, but they're not going to. And they may boost the rate because since this is one of the most regressive taxes out there, I can totally see them increasing the rate and just sticking it to poor people more.
0: You know what they could also do? They could raise the rate for people who make over a certain amount. They'd be kind of a combination of raising the ceiling and raising the rate. But we'll see. Uh, and I know you enjoy the idea of me paying more. I, I get that. But remember that I'm just about to start taking taking from instead of paying into. I'm actually not retiring next next month. But but I, I think you're right, though. I agree with you. I think that they're either going to raise the retirement age more or they're going to... Well, there's obviously, the ceiling will go up based on inflation. Well,
2: we're running a lot of deficits in a whole lot of different areas, aren't we? So I think we're probably going to go through a big period of just paying a lot of taxes anyway, aren't we?
0: Yeah, well, it certainly seems that way. I mean, it's, as long as Democrats are in the, I mean, you know, obviously there's giant tax hikes proposed now like for rich people. Let's do a real quick commercial break. And on the other side of this break, we're going to tell you how you might be able to get more Social Security when your time comes. Tips ahead. Be right back. Let's talk about how to get more Social Security. And by the way, Money Talks News, we have so many articles about Social Security. I mean, you can't, there's so many of them, you'll never read them all. Um, in fact, you've probably written some of them, Miranda. But uh, so true. one of those, have you? Do you write Social Security stories?
1: Yeah, sometimes. Not, not as much as I do other stories, but I have written some, and I've written some for Money Talks News and other sites.
0: Okay. Now, one of those articles is called 12 Ways to Maximize Your Social Security Checks. So I thought we might spend the last few minutes of our podcast talking about some of those ways. Um, Do do anyone want to hazard a guess as to—I don't know if you guys have this article in front of you. I do. Can you uh, guess what some of the ways are to get more Social Security when you retire? Well, obviously, raise your income and pay more into the system. Yeah. Right. That's certainly one way. I mean, that sounds stupid. I mean, obviously, you want to raise your income no matter what. But but it's important to remember that every raise you get is going to get you more Social Security when you retire. So ask for raises. But remember when you do. Uh, and this is a this is a common problem. In fact, I've had it in my own company. People come to me and they say, you know, Stacey, I haven't gotten a raise in a long time. I need a raise. Or they'll say, um, I'm having a baby. I need more money. Like that. Like I care. I mean, I do care. But if you want to get a raise, you know what you do? You always go to your employer and you say, I have brought more money into this company. Here's how I've done that. And I would like some of that money for, as a raise for myself. In other words, tell me what you've done for me, and I can tell you what I'll do for you. So when you ask for a raise every year, and when you do, ask for it the right way. And there are articles on how to ask for a raise on Money Talks News and other places, I'm sure. So that's what thing and you do. social security takes your highest paying
2: years, right? I forgot how many. 35 years. 35 of your highest paying years. Yes. And it kind of does like an average. Yes. Um, how, is there a max that it pays out?
0: Yes, there is a max that it pays out. And I, I want to say, I'll look it up while we're talking. I want to say it's $2,600 this year. Max the security benefit 2021 is $3,011. Now that's the maximum you can get in 2021 at your full retirement age. But this is another thing that I was just going to suggest. As a way to increase your social security is to not take it early and not even take it on time. If you wait, you can take social security as early as 62. Your full retirement age is either 66 or 67, depending on when you were born. And then you can, but you can wait as late as 70. You're you're always going to take it by 70 because you're not going to get any benefit for not taking it uh, uh, after that time. But okay, so here's the thing if you take it at 62, your payments for life will be 25 to 30% smaller. If you take it at 66, 29, uh, 22%, I'm sorry, that's your full retirement age. You're going to get your full benefit. The 3,011 was the maximum for this year. Now, But if you wait until 70, you're going to get 32% more for life. 32% more than the full retirement age, not than the, not than the 62. So you're getting a whole bunch more than you get at 62. Now, many people will argue... Don't wait till 70. Take it at 62. If you don't need the money, invest it in the stock market. And then you'll have, you know, you'll you'll be better off. Now, the problem with that logic is that you basically what you're doing is you're getting 8% a year more by waiting. Okay, so you're getting 8% or more by waiting from 62 to 66, and then another 8% a year by waiting from, from 66 to 70. So, and and 8% is not easy to accomplish. Granted, it was in the stock market this last year, way more than 8%, and this year too. But depending on the market, if the market's not growing by leaps and bounds. So most people, uh, and I've written, we we have a course on um, how to retire successfully, you know, and so I've, I've delved into this topic quite a bit. And most people who are experts at this will tell you, if you can, to wait until 70, because you're getting that eight percent raise every year, and remember that once that once you get that benefit, guess what happens It's got a cost of living adjustment. also, if you die, your spouse uh, will will get either their own benefit or yours, whichever is higher. so if you're the you know if you've got the bigger benefit, that could also help your surviving spouse none of none of these features are available in the stock market. so my advice if you can is to wait until 70. Now, are there exceptions? You bet there are. One of my best friends, James, who I grew up with, um, he was able to claim a benefit. It was actually a a union pension plan, but nonetheless, he called me up and he said, you know, Stacy, I can get this thing at age 58 and, you know, get a reduced benefit, or I can wait till 65 or 70 and get a bigger benefit. And I said, you know what, James, you should take that benefit. And I'll tell you why I told him that. James's father died young. His mother died young. His brothers died young. His sister died young. He was literally the only one left, and they all died before they were sixty. And um, James did. He took that. He took that benefit the minute he could. And by the way, James was also poor. He needed the money. And sure enough, I was. uh, I gave his eulogy. uh, He was fifty-nine. He was like about a year later. So the point I'm making is, if you can't stand your job. Or if, you're not long, you know, if you have a family history that suggests you may not live a long time, take it whenever you want. But if you can, if you have a job like mine, which is sitting at a desk, I'm not you know, pounding nails or anything like that. It's easy for me to work. If you could do that, and if you like your job, wait until 70 is probably a good idea. Thoughts, guys? What do you think, Miranda? You've written about this.
1: No, I mean, I think you have it pretty much down there because it's like, you know, we we like to obsess over how do we maximize Social Security? Do we put it off? You know, just keep putting it off, keep putting it off. But your situation may warrant doing it earlier. And maybe you have a situation where it makes sense where you can say, okay, well, if I take my Social Security benefits, draw down. My traditional IRA and then save my Roth IRA for later when I don't have to worry about taxes or RMDs, like there's a lot that goes into it. So uh, really taking a look at that sequence of withdrawals and and how it works with your social security makes a lot of sense. And talking to a social security uh, specialist can also make a lot of sense in helping you figure out how to tailor that to your own specific situation.
0: And you know, other people will, will point out, too, that it sounds like you're getting a paid a bonus for waiting t- till 70 as opposed to 62. Technically, there should be no difference. I mean, because obviously, if you start getting it at 70, you're going to have fewer years of getting it. That's why you're getting more. It's not like Social Security is giving you a prize for waiting. And people will point this out. they'll say, "Well, there's no difference. If I take it at 62, I should theoretically get the exact same amount. Is a person who takes it at 70, it gets more every month. But as I said, the reason that's not necessarily great logic is that 8% boost that you're getting every year that's permanent. So if you, get, if you plan on living into your 90s, you know, you're probably going to be better off. In fact, I know you'll be better off taking it at 70, if you can. But it's not a hard and fast rule. Now, we've got time. If you guys are done with this topic, we've got time for one question. You guys have anything to add on Social Security?
2: Explain this one thing that was always kind of confusing. All right, so let's say, because um, there's a lot of things you can do to, you know, you make sure you pay off your debts before claiming your Social Security, and and making sure you check your errors on, on SSA.gov to make sure everything is in line. There's one thing that always kind of confused me was, uh, let's say you you're starting to collect Social Security, but then all of a sudden you get a job offer and it's and you want to take it, and and they always say that could ding your Social Security. Can you explain that?
0: Well. First of all, if you want to, if within your first year, you can pay back what you received and start over. Okay. Uh, But when you say ding, are you talking about before you reach full retirement age, Aaron, or after? Um, I think it's before you reach full retirement age. Yeah. Before you reach full retirement age, if you start earning money, okay, let's say you take it at 62. Okay. So now you're getting money every month from social security and then you get a job. Uh, Well, social security will reduce your benefit. $1 $1 for every $2 you earn over a certain amount. And, I, and wild stab in the dark, it's around $17,000, I think. So if you get a job where you're making over the, whatever that number is, it's, going to be, it's around there, $17,000, Social Security will withhold $1 of every two that you earn. Now, that sounds like a ripoff, but what happens is once you reach your full retirement age, your benefit will go up. So in other words, you're going to get back the money they withheld from you. Once you start getting your full Social Security check when you turn sixty six or sixty seven, so you- okay, so the ding is only while you're working. That's correct.
2: But then okay, that's what it is.
0: Yeah. So there's nothing you're not going to lose money doing that, but your check will go down.
2: But there's a benefit when you actually do retire your full retirement age.
0: Yeah, you'll get all the money you're entitled to.
2: Okay, that makes sense.
0: Yeah. And 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 I think it's the last the 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 year you turn sixty six. I mean, and at that percentage that they take, like it's two for one at sixty two, and I think it gets less. I think the year of your 66th birthday or sixty seventh, whenever your full retirement age is, then it's one to one. I mean, or I'm sorry, it's nothing. I think that whatever, it's less. They they withhold less. So and 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 you can read about Social Security. Like I said, we've got ten billion articles. We have a guy who runs a Social Security. Um, uh, Computer service. And actually, by the way, that's not a bad thing to do either. Uh, I I used it. You pay 30 bucks, I think, or 20 bucks, and they send you a report telling you exactly when you and your spouse should start taking Social Security. It's pretty handy. Anyway, the guy, that that, he's a professor, a doctorate. uh, He's a college professor. He created this program, and he writes for Money Talks News. Uh, he answers Social Security questions. So if you have Social Security questions, go to Money Talks News, hit the little magnifying glass, and do a search. And you'll, you'll almost certainly find the answer. We, got, we must yeah, have if you go to our articles.
2: So, yeah, right at the top, you, if you go to the Solutions Center, you'll, you'll find them. It's, it's under Social Security Choices. Oh,
0: yeah. Thank you, Aaron. You're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, good. Look for the Solutions Center if you want one of those reports. But if you just want a question answered, hit the little magnifying glass and ask away. Okay, time for a really quick question. This question comes to us from Mark. And his question is simple. Who's got the best Medicare supplement plan? Now, Medicare supplement, Medicare doesn't pay all of your expenses when you get on Medicare, which I am. Um, So you you have to pay, particularly doctor visits, you have to pay 20%. Only pays 80%. So Medicare supplement plan, also called Medigap, is a, a little insurance policy that pays the part that Medicare doesn't. Simple as that. And Mark's question is, who's got the best one? And I'll tell you, Mark, it's hard for me to tell because I don't know you, but I'll tell you how to find out. You just, number one, analyze your options. Uh, we also have an article on this in Money Talks News, by the way. But there, uh, last I counted, there were 10 Medigap policies on the market, 10 Medig- Medigap plans. Now, they're, they're also labeled with letters from A to N. because Now, the plans are standardized. This is important. Plan A from company X is the same as plan A from company Y. In other words, they have to, those plans have to match each other. So basically, all you're shopping for is price, right? You, what type of plan you want, and, and you'll see when you start looking at the plans, what they cover and what they don't. Uh, and so you find out which plan you want, A, A, through A, I'm sorry, A through Y. Is that right? I don't know. Anyway, you'll see. Uh, look them up. Find the plan, the plan you want, and then compare prices. Now, here's something important, too. Don't be afraid to pick up the phone and call an insurance broker. By law, brokers cannot tack on commissions to the price of a Medicare supplement policy. That means you're going to pay the same premium regardless of whether you buy through an agent or direct from a company. If an agent is going to do the legwork for you, call an agent. Makes sense? So I hope that answers your question, Mark.
2: Also, also, to anybody listening, listen to our podcast, Everything You Need to Know About Medicare. It's episode 53. We actually interview. Uh, People from the government—they actually put oh, this together. Oh, that's right. I forgot that, Erin. And we interviewed people from SHIP, which is State Health Insurance Assistance Program.
0: Yeah, you arranged those interviews. That's why you remember it. That, you're absolutely right, yeah. there. That's a great podcast. something Medicare. That's a great yeah. podcast to get everything you want to know. Yeah, those people were super, super helpful, and they and these these things are really complicated. So, Social Security. Uh, so it's really great when you have somebody on that can dumb it down for you, and we did. What what episode was that again? Episode
2: 53 is Everything You Need to Know About Medicare.
0: Awesome. Okay, guys, I am afraid we are out of time today, but we're never out of a topic. So dig a little deeper. You're going to find links to lots more info, and I mean lots more info in our show notes. And remember, if your goal is to make more, to spend less, or to retire rich, your online home is moneytalksnews.com. And don't forget to check out Miranda's online home as well. That is mirandamarquit.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-I-T, mirandamarquit.com. If you got a question, comment, or topic you'd like to suggest, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at hello at moneytalksnews.com. That's hello at moneytalksnews.com. And one last thing. If you appreciate what we do, then do something for us. Subscribe to our podcast. takes you two seconds. really helps us, though. So if you like us, show us, subscribe, and tell your friends. I'm Stacey Johnson.
1: And I'm Miranda Marquette.
0: And I'm Aaron Freeman. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. We'll see you right here next time.